0: Praise God! This is Pastor
1: Emmanuel Odedey and it's my joy to welcome you to this podcast. As you listen and apply yourself to the word of God, we commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So feel free to listen again and again until your faith comes alive. You shall testify. Thank you and God bless you as you listen and apply yourself to the word. Amen. Amen. The prophetic theme for this month remains, Financial fortune is my heritage in Christ. Can we echo that together? Financial fortune is my heritage in Christ. That shall be your testimony indeed in the name of Jesus Christ. And the anchor scripture is from Isaiah 51, from verse one to three. Talking about Abraham, he said, here hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, look unto the rock where ye are hewn. And verse two, he said, look unto Abraham, your father, and to Sarah that bear you, because I called him alone, and I blessed him, and increased him. You don't need to know anybody. God can single-handedly pick you from your family and make a new name for you. And I pray that after the order of Abraham, God of heaven will increase you. He will bless you. He will increase the work of your hand in the name of Jesus. So we began looking at the teaching series, Understanding the Fundamentals of Kingdom Wealth yesterday. Understanding the Fundamentals of Kingdom Wealth. And today is the part 1b of that teaching series we laid some foundation yesterday about certain truth on kingdom wealth and i'll just recall a few of them tonight before we move on truth about kingdom wealth. number one truth is that kingdom wealth and prosperity is god's will for us kingdom wealth and prosperity is god's will for us how do i know psalm 35 and verse 27 it says god has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants god delights in your prosperity especially if you are a servant who is a servant the one that is serving the interest of another so if you are serving god and the interest of his kingdom he has pleasure in your prosperity say with me god's will for me is prosperity say one more time say god's will for me is prosperity And therefore, I pray for you, you will prosper in the name of Jesus. No matter the economic climate, you shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Number two truth about kingdom wealth and prosperity is that giving God the first place in your financial stewardship is what empowers you to flourish in hard times. Giving God the first place in your financial stewardship empowers you to prosper in hard times hard times is not new but when you give God the first place in your financial stewardship you are empowered to flourish even in hard times we've seen it in Bible times and today just like you know he said in the news that the economy of even the United Kingdom has dipped to a 40 year low but it doesn't matter whatever it is We know that those who trust God can flourish in hard times. I pray for you, no matter the economic climate, you will continue to flourish in the name of Jesus Christ. You know the Bible speaking concerning Elijah in First Kings chapter 17 and verse 13. After Elijah was sent to the widow of Zarephath, he said, fear not, he said to that widow, Go and do as you have said. He said, this is the last meal I have. He said, but make me thereof a little cake first. Putting God first in your financial stewardship is what will make you flourish, even in hard times. So don't say, oh, because things are biting very hard, you withdraw your tithe, you withdraw your offering. What you are doing is to make things harder. In hard times, still put God first. Matthew 6 and verse 33. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing shall be added unto you. I pray for you, God of heaven, in these hard times, it will yet increase you. In the name of Jesus, all of our covenant fathers, they prosper in hard times. When there was famine in the land, the Bible speaking in Genesis 26 and verse 14 concerning Isaac, isaac in the midst of famine still prospered he had possession of flocks possession of heart and even a store where is where he stores servant. and the philistines envied him. god will make you an envy in this season in the name of jesus number three truth about kingdom wealth. this foundation is important remember what we are talking about is understanding the fundamentals if you don't know the fundamentals you cannot know how it works You cannot, you know, appropriate it to yourself. So these are the fundamentals you must understand for you to be part and parcel of this end-time financial giant that God is raising. You will not miss out of it in Jesus' name. Number three, every giving towards kingdom advancement endeavors endears us to God. Every giving that you do towards the advancement of God's kingdom, it endears you to God. It makes God to love you more. It makes God to release the blessing to you more. It makes God to trust you more with resources. So, everything that you do to advance the kingdom of God, especially in the area of finances, endears us to God. We saw yesterday, I'm just doing a quick recap of the things we established yesterday to have an understanding. what we are looking at tonight in Luke chapter 7 from verse 1 all the way to verse 4 we saw a centurion there verse 2 and whose servant was sick and he he said the servant was dear to him and was sick and ready to die and then the elders gathered together and pleaded with Jesus say you must come and heal his servant why verse 4 he said for and the him and say that he was worthy for whom he should do this. But Jesus wondering, why is he worthy? Verse 5. He said, because he loveth our nation and has built us a synagogue. This is the reason why Jesus must visit this centurion. Because he loveth our nation and he has built us a synagogue. As you keep building for God, expanding his kingdom, you are endeared to God. And you are a candidate for visitation. So Jesus could have been anywhere, but they pleaded on his behalf. And they said, you must visit this man. I pray for you, this month, God will visit you with resources. In the name of Jesus. You know, I said yesterday, the kind of money you have never handled before. This month, stretch forth your hand stretch forth your hand wherever you are in front of the, your device. I decree these hands will handle great resources this month in the name of Jesus nothing is permitted to finish in your hand in the name of Jesus. before this the need arises supplies will be waiting in the name of Jesus. I decree that your hands are blessed hands in the name of Jesus heaven visits your hand with the resources. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Jesus visited the centurion because he loved the nation and has built a temple. So, you are a candidate to be visited with divine wealth if you are a builder of his kingdom. Those who advance his kingdom, he advances them as well. Number four truth that we must lay as a foundation to be part and parcel of what God is doing is that genuine commitment to kingdom advancement is what empowers us to keep flourishing like palm tree and eliminating dry season genuine commitment to kingdom advancement empowers us genuine commitment not high not man pleasers or the one that you do for people to see you know genuine commitment Not just servicing the eyes, but doing it genuinely from your heart. is what empowers us to keep flourishing like the palm tree. And it eliminates dry season. I pray for you, no more dry season. I say no more dry season. I say no more dry season. In the name of Jesus. Psalm 92 and verse 12. It says, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. It shall grow. How? Like the cedar in Lebanon. So you keep flourishing. You know every part of the palm tree is useful. Even in dry season, the palm tree is flourishing. I pray for you, no more dry season. In the name of Jesus Christ. And also number five, five lastly number five serving the interest of the kingdom of God is the vital key to covenant wealth serving the interest of the kingdom of God is a vital key to covenant wealth so what does that mean? it means as you keep serving the interest of God's kingdom with your resources then God finds you faithful remember this kingdom wealth is not an achievement it is an entrustment this kingdom wealth is not a result of your achievement no it is a result of an entrustment. God entrusts it into your hand. What to do with? To service the interests of his kingdom. We saw in Zechariah chapter 1, Zechariah chapter 1 and verse 17. Zechariah chapter 1 and verse 17. He said, My city's true prosperity shall yet be spread abroad. So God needs prosperity for him to advance the course of the kingdom. God requires resources and that is why in this end times, among other things is that God will be releasing that resource onto the hands of people he can trust. He will be releasing those resources to people he knows that will use it for the advancement of the kingdom. He said, my city's true prosperity shall yet be spread abroad. May God find you faithful in the name of our lord jesus christ so tonight as we build on that foundation that has been laid what are the demands for guaranteed returns from the seed that we sow it is not every seed that we sow that will bring harvest there are certain things that must be in place and that is the frustration of many believers they are laboring, they are sowing but they are saying lord I'm not seeing commensurate result. Why? Because of certain things that are not in place. We looked at a few yesterday and today we'll build on that. Number one, we must understand this for us to have harvest from our seed. That God does not need us for anything. We need him for everything. God does not need us for anything. We need him for everything. Can you say that together? Let's personalize it. God does not need me for anything, but I need him for everything. If you believe, you say one more time, God does not need me for anything, but we need him for everything. We said yesterday that one of the things that must be in place for our giving to be acceptable and to result in harvest, Is that you must not see your giving as a financial donation to the church to help the church. No. And this also is making us understand that you must, when you give, know that you are the one that prospers with your giving. Not God. God has filled all in all. There is nowhere else to fill. But you need the resources for you to prosper in this earth. So when we give, we must understand that God does not need us for anything. We saw Psalm 50 and verse 12. Psalms chapter 50 and verse 12. He said even if God happens to be hungry, we don't qualify to be consulted. If I were hungry, I will not tell you. This is what God says. If in case I am hungry, I would not tell you. Why? For the world is mine. And the fullness thereof. Shout hallelujah. He said the word belongs to him. Even if he were hungry. He will not ask you. He will not ask me. So understand that you need God more. Than he needs you. God does not need us for anything. We need him for everything. In Haggai chapter 2 and verses 7 and 8. That's why he said. He will shake the heavens and the earth and the desire of all nations will come and he will fill his house with his glory. Why? Because the silver, verse 8, belongs to him and the gold is mine, saith the Lord. The silver belongs to me. The gold belongs to me. If I need anything, I can shake the heavens and the earth. If I need anything, I can shake the heavens and the earth to get it done. So, anytime you are giving towards the advancement of the kingdom, once you understand that it is you that need God, not God needing you, then your mentality comes alive. Your your understanding of what brings harvest from your giving comes alive. I pray for you. Your giving shall no longer be in vain. In the name of Jesus. Every time you give, I pray that harvest we attend to your giving in the name of Jesus Christ. In 2 Kings chapter 6, and from verse 26 all the way to 27, we saw an account there. There was so much famine in the land that people descended so low to be eating their children. A woman ate, they agreed together to eat the child of the other woman the night before. And today was our own turn for a child, child to be eating for food. No food anywhere. And when he saw the king of Israel passing, and he said, help my lord, O king. And verse 27, see the response of the king. If the lord does not help you, when shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor that is empty, or from the wine press. There is nowhere I can get help except from God. And he began to relay a story to the king. Oh, we had the other woman's child yesterday. Now it's my turn. I don't want my child to be eaten. So what are we saying? The famine was so severe. And there seems to be no help from anywhere. And the king testified, please, don't put your trust in man. Men are generally liable to fail. No matter how great a man is, Psalm 60 and verse 11, he said give us help from trouble for vain is the help of man. If he promises you to do something for you tomorrow, he may not be in the position tomorrow. Give us help from trouble. Vain is the help of man. Psalm 108 and verse 12. Same thing repeated. Psalm 108 and verse 12. Give us help from trouble because vain is the help of man. Don't even put your trust or your faith in yourself. Put your trust in God. As you keep giving, what will bring harvest is to understand that God does not need you, but you need him for everything. And I pray for you. No matter the situation you are confronted with right now. For everyone under the sound of my voice, help will locate you. In the name of Jesus, God will send help to you in the name of Jesus. Number two, what are the demands for guaranteed return on the seed that we sow? We must sow our seed in faith to expect to return. You must sow your seed in faith. Sow your seed in faith. Sow your seed in faith. Many know how to give, but don't know how to get returns. How do I get returns when I sow? Sow in faith. Be expectant. That's what it means of harvest. Hebrews chapter 11, number 6. Remember, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. No matter what you do, he said, For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek. So without faith, your giving will not generate harvest. And that is the challenge with many. They sow and sow, but they are expecting nothing. Every farmer knows that when he's planting the seed, he's expecting harvest. What harvest are you expecting in 2020? Don't join people to say, ah, this year is the worst year ever. It's not yet over. A child of God must be in anticipation of the best of God. Lord, I know you have seen ahead because Corona or no Corona, this did not meet God unawares. So he has seen it ahead. That's why he still said you will still break all limits this year. So believe it. Keep saying what God says. As you are sowing your seed, sow in expectation. That's why the Bible says, He that ploweth must plow in hope. First Corinthians 9 and verse 10. Anyone that is plowing, any farmer that is plowing, that is tilling the ground, is plowing in hope. He said, Or see it all together for our sake, for our sakes, no doubt. It is written, he that ploweth should plow in expectation as you are sowing your seed, Lord, I know a bountiful harvest awaits me. Mark chapter 4 and verse 26, it said the kingdom of God is as if a man should cast a seed into the ground. Verse 27 and he says, "Should sleep and rise night and day and seed shall spring and grow. He knoweth not how. Listen to me people of God you may not know how but the harvest is sure. You may not know how God will still prosper you in the midst of this pandemic and aftermath. He says, but you may not know how, but it will still spring. First the blade, verse 28, and then he said, the hair, after the full corn in the hair. So, be expectant. Let me tell your neighbor, wherever you are, say be expectant. Expect a bountiful harvest. Say to that person, expect a bountiful harvest. So expect it. Believe it. My case is different. We had a testimony recently. People were retrenched five times. This daughter of Zion escaped retrenchment. Even in this pandemic, they retrenched. But God exempted her. Because she had an exemption mentality. Don't expect things to get worse. Even in the midst of the pandemic believe god as you are sowing your seed be faithful do your own part and leave the rest with him god will surprise you in the name of jesus number three very quickly tonight also to guarantee return for our sowing genuine love for god and his kingdom is our covenant access to the realm of financial fortune genuine love for god and his kingdom is our covenant access to the realm of financial fortune. So you must have genuine love for God. You must have genuine love for his kingdom. This is what guarantees our access to the realm of financial fortune. The type that eyes have not seen. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. Ears have not had. It has not even entered the heart of man. The things God has prepared. But is for the exclusive preserve of those who love him. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. It says Everything works together for good to them that love God. Everything will still work. We know, we know, we know, we know. All things will work together for good to them that love God. I pray for you. This season will still work together for your good. In the name of Jesus Christ. The best of you is coming out from this season. In the name of Jesus Christ. Testimonies about, and please listen to this. Once in love with God does not mean always in love with God. Make sure your love for God is in growing dimension. 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 3. Solomon loved the Lord. And then he offered a 1000 bond offering because of his love for God. But a few chapters, chapter 11. 1 Kings chapter 11 verse 1. Solomon loved many strange women. From loving God, love many strange women. Verse 4 told us he got 1,000 of them. Lord, have mercy. One man got and then his wife turned his way away his heart after other God and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God anymore. Please back up to verse 3 of that first Kings chapter 11. And he had 700 wives Three hundred concubines, Jesus Christ, a thousand women for one man, because he didn't know the purpose of the wealth that God blessed him with. Can you imagine a thousand women, this man? And look further, verse six. We now saw the same Solomon that built temple for God. The Bible says he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he did not go fully after the lord please don't follow god half-heartedly follow fully follow him fully follow him fully and further than we saw how solomon now began to build temple and high places for all his wives. so a thousand women because he began to get different women and then he began to build altars and temple for all his women until his heart was taken away from God. That shall not be your testimony in Jesus' name. So continue to grow after building the temple. There is nothing wrong if Solomon began to build in every local government, every village, building smaller temples there. As he keeps building, God keeps en- en- enlarging him. As he keeps building, God keeps moving him forward. That is how to remain in covenant wealth. And what are the things we must be aware of? As we begin to move on tonight. What are the enemies of covenant work that we must be aware of? We just look at one of them tonight and it is called covetousness. Beware of covetousness. Songs of Solomon 2 and verse 15. The Bible told us there that we should beware of the little foxes. And take them out because they spoil the vine. Covetousness. Luke 12 and verse 15. The Bible told us there. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Beware of covetousness. Beware of covetousness. This is one of the end time plan of the enemy. To take people away from their inheritance. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9 He said, Know ye not that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he began to name those who will not be found in heaven. Verse 10 mentioned among other things. He said this will not be there nor the covetous. The covetous will not have a place there. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. 2 Timothy in fact if you back up from verse 1 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 1 he said we should also know this also. That in the last days, perilous times will come. And what are the signs of the perilous time? Men will be lovers of their own self. They will become covetous. It is part of the end time plot of the plot of the enemy. It is one of the last things that the enemy will be releasing in the world. People will become covetous. And what does it mean to be covetous? To desire what belongs to another person. To want to convert it. Anytime you hear the word covetous, it means to be a converter of the thing that is not yours. Covetous, converter. Anything that is not yours, to desire it so much, is an ungodly crave for possession or things of this world. To want to get things that belong to someone else, to make it yours. Covetousness. Many have lost their destiny to covetousness. Second Kings chapter 5. And verse 20, all the way to 27. We don't have time to read it tonight. But tells us of a man there. Gehazi was his name. This Gehazi was the servant of Elisha. And I've said this before. Elijah got double portion of the anointing from Elijah. What should Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, get? Double of the double. But what did he get? He got leprosy. You know why? Covetousness. When Naaman came to visit the master. He said, ah, my master has spared this Syria. I will go after him. And I will get everything that he brought, that the master already rejected. And the master said, was my spirit not following you when you went after the Syria, He said, no. Leprosy will come to you and not just to you, to the generations after you. This was a man who was standing in line to collect double portion of anointing. But he collected leprosy. Why? For covetousness. There are people who are married. Another person's wife is what they wish they marry. There are people who God has blessed with everything that you can imagine. But they are still looking at what God has blessed others with. And they begin to say, Lord, look at me. Look at me. You have blessed every other person. Everything you have is okay for you for now. Because what you are telling God is that he doesn't know how to do right. And he said, shall the judge of the whole world do wrong? Covetousness makes you indirectly, whether you say it or not, you are blaming God that he doesn't know how to distribute it. And people who are covetous are not qualified to become part of the end time financial giant God is raising. But I pray for somebody tonight, the mercy of God will prevail over you. So very quickly, how do you overcome covetousness and create a new beginning to be part of what God is doing? Number one, leave your size part-time. Let me tell anybody around you, say leave your size part-time. Leave your size part-time. God knows your size. Leave your size. Leave your size size part-time. And what does that mean? Be contented. Be contented. First Timothy chapter 6 and from verse 6, he said godliness with what? With contentment is great gain. Verse 7. He said for we brought nothing to this world. And it is certain that we can carry nothing out. So therefore verse 8. Having food and raiment. Let us therewith be content. But he goes on in verse 10. And tell us in verse 9. Please start from verse 9. Verse 9, he said, those who will be rich will fall into temptation. And many people, they become sons of perdition. Verse 10, now, he said, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Which, why some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. And they have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That will not be you in Jesus' name. So what is God saying to us tonight? Beware of covetousness be contented with whatever you have and then God begins to raise you don't say well I wish I can do more for God no what God has blessed you with there is no ambiguity the tithe of 100 pounds is 10 pounds is 10 percent and if that is your size for now stay there until He moves you to the next level be faithful where you are be contented number two Avoid the danger of comparison. Stop comparing yourself with others. Avoid the danger of comparison. If you must be part of what God is doing in this season, avoid the danger. There will be temptation to compare yourself, but refuse it. Don't compare yourself with others. Because the one you are comparing yourself with, you don't even know what he's doing. You don't even know what they are doing. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12 he said we do not count ourselves to be among the number and compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. He said, Those who compare themselves among themselves, they are not wise. So when you compare yourself with others, it's a display of folly, it's a display of foolishness. Stop comparing yourself with others. Be contented, appreciate God for where you are now, and he will keep raising you. And lastly. we close tonight embrace a lifestyle of gratitude be grateful for where you are part time be grateful for where you are part time God knows where you are and when you embrace this lifestyle of continuous gratitude to God He will keep raising you up Psalm 34 and verse 1 he said that we bless the Lord at all times his praise will continually be in my mouth no matter what I'm going through I will bless him at all times and we appreciate him for where I am. And when he sees me faithful at that level, he will lift me up. Rise up on your feet with me. Lift up your voice to heaven and begin to appreciate him. If anything has dropped for you tonight, give him all the praise. Give him all the glory. Celebrate him. Magnify him. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you all the glory. Thank you for your word that has come expressly to us tonight. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name, mighty name we are praying. There's someone under the sound of my voice tonight. You have been struggling. You don't even know the way out. You are indebted to the neck and it looks as if there is no way out. I decree that tonight shall be your night of liberty. God will rescue you. He will bring you out. You will not be put to shame. I say you will not be put to shame in the name of Jesus. If you are here under the sound of my voice tonight, you are connected wherever you are, but you are not born again. Give me the privilege to pray for you tonight. You know you are not saved. And if you are not saved, you are not safe. Jesus can save you tonight and give you a brand new start. Anyone like that, raise up your right hand in front of your device wherever you are and say after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this privilege. To give my life to you. I know I'm a sinner. But you came to die for me. Father forgive me. Write my name. In the book of life. I believe. I am saved. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. Thank you for saving me. Amen. The mighty hand of God rests upon you. Everything about your life takes a new turn. In Jesus mighty name we are praying. Please send us your details. The numbers will be displayed on the screen. Please, we want to hear from you. There's also a link under this video that you can send us your information or on our website. Please send us your information. We want to be part of your joy. The Lord bless you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Everyone, please bring out your communion. And as we partake of the communion tonight, I pray that the power of God will go forth in the name of Jesus Christ. By the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Everything that is not of God, that is buying and selling in your system shall be flushed out in the name of Jesus. Grace to live a contented life, just like Christ. He said for the grace that was upon Christ, though he was rich he became poor for our sake. So that through his poverty we might be made rich. That grace to live a contented life is released to us. In the name of Jesus, none of us will miss out of the end time agenda of God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. Whatever you have as a communion, a biscuit, whatever material is turned to the body and the blood of Jesus. As you partake of it, the power of God will envelope you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Somebody, as you partake of this communion, that bog, That is in your system. Shall be flushed out in the name of Jesus. It's making you throw up. Anything you eat. You keep throwing up. As you partake of it. That bug will be diffused. In the name of Jesus. Thank you precious Father. In Jesus mighty name. We are praying. Partake of it. With faith in your hand.
0: Of the glory and the honor, Lord. We lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor, Lord. We lift our hands in Worship, as, we as we bless, bless you. your holy hey, name, for you are great. You do miracles, so great. There is no one else like you. Hey, there is no one else like you. For you are great. Great, there is no one else like you. Hallelujah! There is no one else like you. Lift up your
1: voice to heaven and appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you have been inspired to take steps towards a closer walk with God and towards the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for your life. We would like to hear from you through our various social media handles on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at WCIB UK. You can also watch our past and latest videos on YouTube by searching for Winners Chapel Birmingham UK. Till next time, remember, Jesus is love.